uh, here this morning. You know, it's uh, we got all the uh, the power outages, and you know, I can completely understand. You know, people not been able to come, but I'm glad that we could come uh, this morning. We don't have no power here, uh, but I'm glad there's power in the blood, and I'm, I'm glad we're okay. Uh, had a discussion with Max yesterday about coming with no power. I said, well, it, it don't really matter if there's no power or not. I told him we'd, I'd come on, just call me and tell me if he wanted to cancel. And uh, didn't get that phone call. It's, it's good to be here. You know, it's, uh, it's always good to be able to preach. It's always, be able, it's, it's always good to be able to get together uh, and see each other and, and congregate. But it's, it's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you got uh, your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Matthew, uh, continuing on on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. And uh, I won't ask you, I will not ask you to stand this morning uh, to pay reverence, uh, but well, because this is a pretty short verse. We can hit this in pretty quick. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, the Word of God says this. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the truth. And Lord, we I thank you for the cross. And Lord, I thank you for that saving power that came from the cross to save a sinner like me. Uh, continue to watch over our church, our community, our state, uh, our nation, Lord, as we enter this week with elections. I pray, Lord, that you already know uh, the person that's going to be sitting in the seat. And Lord, I pray that you continue to watch over us, lead God and direct us. And uh, Lord, you know what's best for us even when we don't know. Continue to bless us, guide us. Use this scripture this morning that it may be uh, useful in our daily walk as a Christian. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7, uh, we see the continuing of the Sermon on the Mount. We get to uh, the first sermon we preached was the first three, and just as I said, they get tougher as you go on as far as how to apply it and how to understand it. And then last week we saw that Jesus spoke to us telling us that we should want to be good. There should be a desire in our lives to be a good person. Uh, but then we get to the fifth blessed here, and the fifth blessed focuses on mercy. It says, Blessed are the merciful, uh, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, it's difficult, I want you to understand this morning, for us to show mercy. You say, Zach, uh, it shouldn't be difficult for us, but uh, I'm going to tell you in Western culture, in today's society, in our world, it is difficult to be uh, full of mercy. Now, uh, the reason that it is so difficult for us to be merciful is because we know that people are liars, that people are deceitful, that people will try to lead you astray into believing whatever uh, to get money from you, to get uh, help from you. Uh, most of us know of false stories of panhandlers that live in mansions and drive uh, uh, the nicest cars. Most of us realize that uh, businesses lie and cheat. Uh, all these different pe people that raise money for uh, the wounded warriors or things like that. We know of embezzlements. We know of, of lies and, and things. We, we see those things and what we have become is, is a people that we look at these and we don't believe them any longer. We become people that doubt. Uh, we become people uh, that we have controlled our emotions. We have hidden uh, the sorrows. We see death. We see sicknesses. Uh, if you turn on the news, you'll see that this candidate lied about this. You turn to a different station, uh, you'll see this candidate lied about this or, or this and this and all these horrible things. Death and sickness and viruses and uh, my goodness the bad things that we see, uh, that we have become people that we hide our sorrows uh, because we face so much of it. Even from a young age, uh, I have seen so much that I doubt a lot of things. 
I was just talking to somebody very close to me the other day about something, a child that was sick, and they're sort of questioning things about it. I never would have dreamed in a million years to question a child's sickness and what the family was doing with money going to it. And they said that, and I said, wow, we've really become a people that questions everything. No matter what kind of things are going on, we sometimes, or really most of the time, we question so much of it and we hide our emotions. And by doing this thing as a society and as a culture, we have become merciless. We do not have mercy for people any longer. We do not have the care that we once had uh, for so many people that go through so many uh, bad things. Now, according to uh, Vine's exposition of the Bible, that word mercy that's used here, the definition, and I'll read it, it says an outward manifestation of pity. Is what this word mercy is trying to say. It's an outward showing. It's you physically doing something to show that you have pity for somebody. You know, in the in the Word of God, we have a certain story that Jesus even used Himself to try to portray the physical ability of portraying pity. The physical ability in Altai mercy with pity, they're very similar in a lot of ways. But Jesus tells a story in, in, in the book of Luke chapter 10 that most of you know uh, that shows us a very clear way of how to show mercy, how to show an outward expression of pity. It says in Luke chapter 10 verse 30, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In verse 32, And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. In verse 33 it says, But a certain Samaritan, <coughs> as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took two pence and gave to the host and said, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, Him that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Now most of us know the story of the Good Samaritan, and we can very quickly analyze very important pieces before we even get to the Good Samaritan. You'll quickly notice that the church folks didn't do anything. Isn't it sad that we can look at church folks even in Jesus' comparison and we can compare it to today. Uh, uh, church folks, we guilty, okay? We, we guilty of being like the Levite and the priest of seeing somebody in trouble and going the other way. So many times we'd like to turn a blind eye and I'll tell you and my wife will tell you I'm ashamed of it a little bit but when we see somebody panhandling I'll say, Kimberly, well, a lot of times let's give them something. I'll say no. And she'll, she'll vouch for me. She said, yeah, he, he stands on that. He doesn't like to, to reach out to those people standing on the side of the street. I should maybe be ashamed of that. But that was just the way I was raised in so many ways. Now, I'm not going to say I've never helped somebody but I doubt so much. I could be just like this priest and just like this Levite, just as I'm supposed to be a man of God. I could put myself in that place and say, I might be the one that walked on the other side. But it says that a Samaritan... Now, we really want to look 
And what happens here in verse 33, it goes to the Levite, he goes around, goes to the priest, he goes around. We get to a Samaritan. Now, what's even more important in this, in this story is verse 33, it says, but a certain Samaritan. Notice that word, certain Samaritan. Now, there may have been multiple Samaritans go by, and what the Word of God is trying to really point out here with a certain Samaritan, it's not saying that everybody is going to have this love. Not every Samaritan is going to do this, but a certain one did. A certain Samaritan looked upon him. And we see quite a few steps that the Samaritan did to make sure that this person had mercy, to make sure this person was taken care of. I want you to realize this Samaritan knew nothing about the situation this person was in. They didn't know what they had done. They may have deserved where they were at. They may have done horrible things. The Samaritan did not question it. I want you to realize that the first thing that the Samaritan did, it says, as he journeyed. As he journeyed. Now, Zach, what can you really get out of as he journeyed? We want to realize that the Samaritan had things going on in his life. He was not sitting at home. He was not being lazy. He was not soaking up sunshine. Uh, He was actually doing something and in the middle of completing a task, uh, work, business, uh, pleasure, whatever he was doing, uh, he was actually being part of society. I want you to realize that what the Samaritan did was he was taken care of by somebody that was busy, that was doing something. Now, I want you to realize that we all usually have business we have to attend to. We're busy people. Uh, Hey, in America, we are probably the busiest people in the world. We have a very fast-paced lifestyle. So many times we cannot stop and slow down and take care of things that we see because we're in too big of a hurry to do something else. The next thing that we see is as he journeyed, it says he came to where he was. Now, I want you to realize that when you're on your journeys, when you're doing things in your life, you're going to come across people that need help. Just as the good Samaritan did, just as this certain Samaritan that came by and seen this person in help, you are going to have travels if you have work, if you get out of the house, you do much of anything, you will see people that need help. You will. You're going to come across those circumstances. And more importantly, that as he journeyed, he came to where he was. And what does the next piece of Scripture say? He saw him. He saw him. Our biggest question that we have to ask ourselves is when we see somebody in need is what are we going to do? We're going to see it. We're going to experience it. We see people each and every day that need help. We see people each and every day that need a helping hand, that need a pat on the back, that need a, something uplifting. I'm not saying throw cash at everything that we see. I'm saying people need love. He stopped. He, and what does it say? He, as he journeyed, he came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. That's the key ingredient that a lot of us miss. We journey. We come to where people are. We see them suffering but we don't have compassion. We don't have that compassion that we need. With all the things we go through, with all the things that we see, I've already talked about it. We we have been conditioned to be very hard-hearted. We are conditioned to be uh, not forgiving, not to be uh, like this, this Samaritan, not to have the compassion on them. We are conditioned. I see so many people that go out and they see homeless people or they see somebody down in their luck and they say, get a job. Ask yourself this, what does that help? What does that help? Nothing. Helps nothing. 
To be ugly to somebody that needs help. It helps nothing a lot of times. People, uh, in so many ways, they need compassion. They need love. It says that the Samaritan uh, saw these things and he had compassion on him. In Romans twelve fifteen, it says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice. And what does it say after that? It says, And weep with them that weep. Have compassion on people. Be happy for people when they're happy. And when they're sad, be sad with them. Cry with them. We are not conditioned. I am not taught that as a young age. We were taught to be tough. We were taught to not take bull off nobody. Don't you cry as a boy. Don't you cry as a man. Don't have compassion on people. We are taught at a very young age to do that. And we're expected to stop and try to understand other people's problems. Rejoice when they rejoice. Weep with them that weep. That's not always something that's easy to understand. But we should at least try to mentally capture what's going on in their lives. I don't understand the problems that a lot of people face. I don't. I don't understand a certain situations because I'll never be in them. I, I, I can guarantee you that there's certain things people face, I'll never, I'll never face it. And there's certain things that I will face uh, that nobody here will ever face. Difficulties, rejoicing times, good times, bad times, we're all different. We all struggle different. We all cope with things differently. And I will tell you this, church, uh, I will not always understand you if you come to me with a problem. I won't. But I'm here to listen. As the Good Samaritan took care of this man, he tried his best. We see... In verse 34, we saw that he, he journeyed, he came to where he was, he saw him, he had compassion on him. And then the next verse in chapter 34, we see the very next step that we have to take as Christians. We have to do this as a, as a people, as a people that love Jesus, as a born-again Christian. This step, the next thing he did, is so important for us to do. He says he went to him... And I won't say all the things that he did. He wrapped him up, he banished him, he gave him oil. But the, the whole point of that is the very end of the verse. It says that he, he went to him instead of going around him like everybody else did. And it says, and took care of him. The end of that verse finishes that up. It sums it up with the end of it. He took care of him. He gave him what he needed. He, he gave, and I, I believe the Samaritan, I don't know if he could afford to do it or not, but he did it anyway. doesn't say that he was a rich man. It doesn't mention that. It just says that a certain Samaritan saw somebody that needed help. The people that Jesus is talking to at this time looked at Samaritans and said, Oh, those people are trash. Those people are nothing. We don't even go through the city of Samaria because we hate their guts. But a certain Samaritan showed compassion. A certain Samaritan, the Word of God says, went to him, bound him up, gave him oil, gave him wine, gave him whatever, and took care of him. Do you think that this was easy? A lot of people, when they read this, they don't really think about what's going on in the Samaritan's lives. As he journeyed, he was going somewhere. And he took the time out of his busy schedule, as a lot of times in this Eastern culture, that's what they did. If you turn back and you look at Abraham, that when he seen the man coming at, at the door of the tent, he went back, he prepared cakes, uh, he killed the fatted calf, uh, he, he prepared everything for him because that was Eastern culture. They took care of each other. They loved each other. They went out of their way to help people that were stranded. And even this certain Samaritan that people looked down on, didn't think a lot of, uh, the certain Samaritan took all of his time that they stopped and said, i got to take care of this man. 
I don't know anything about his life. I don't know what he struggled with. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know if he deserved it. I don't know if he's poor. If he's a rapist. If he's a killer. He didn't ask him those things. He took care of him. Do you think that it was easy? Nope. I sometimes regret helping people as soon as I help them. I do. I say, I don't, I don't know if they really need that help or not. How easy is this for, to become merciless? We become numb to this stuff. The reason that he could do it is because he showed love to him. He showed compassion. That pity, that outward expression of pity, that is compassion. And we look and we understand that showing mercy, it's all tied together with love. And when this person saw him, and, and today as we see people, we should have a certain level of love to people. And they deserve it. They need it. Uh, it's love within ourselves. It's love from the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's Jesus with us going everywhere that we go. But I want you to realize that love makes you vulnerable. Love makes you vulnerable. Love opens you up to be hurt. Think about any relationship that you've ever had with somebody, whether it be friendship, whether it be family, whether it be anything. And when you opened yourself up and you got hurt, it hurt. It hurt bad. It hurt a lot worse than with somebody that you didn't know or you didn't love or you didn't spend a lot of time with. It's the same thing with showing love to somebody and them not accepting it. It's the same way of reaching out to somebody and helping them, whether it be financially, whether it be spiritually, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through whatever ways that you help people and they spit in your face and they turn their back on you or they say ugly things about you. It's that same hurt that that Samaritan could have experienced by helping this man. We have to show mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This is one of the very few places in Scripture that you'll find Jesus say, if you do this, you'll get it back. Very few places you'll find that. He doesn't say very times, if you show love, you'll get love back. He doesn't say, if you give money, you'll get money back, even though that's preached a lot of times. He says, if you will show mercy, you will get mercy back. Church, today as Christians, we have got to be merciful. We have got to show people outwardly compassion. We've got to give when it hurts. We've got to give and feel vulnerable. We've got to give, get stabbed in the back, and go out and give some more. I'm not telling you to empty your bank account. I'm not telling you to throw money at every panhandler you see on the corner. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you anything like that. I'm telling you to be compassionate. Be loving. Beyond anything that you see. And Jesus, when He gets to this fifth blessed, if you want mercy, Jesus says you better be merciful. In James chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For He shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. I'm glad that he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. What James is trying to tell us here is we need to be merciful. If you expect mercy, if we expect forgiveness, if we expect love in so many ways this morning, we have to be a merciful people. I'm glad when Jesus, blessed are those that are merciful, for they shall get mercy. 
boy, if there's any other clear-cut thing that Jesus told us to do, I know He told us a lot, He instructed us a lot, but love, kindness, patience, all the, the different attributes of the Spirit that we get and the mercy that we need to show is very clear. Have we shown people mercy? And I, you know, it's, I'm not telling you to go out once again and, and give all your money away and help a panhandler or anything like that. I'm telling you today that the one thing I get from this message is that I can do more. That's all I get. I can do more. And I know that I can. I know that I can be more merciful. I know that I can be more forgiving. I know that I can be less judgmental uh, based upon all the attributes that somebody has going through our time. I can look at it and judge less and give more. That's what I can do. I know that I can spend more time helping people. I know that I can go above and beyond any of the things that I've done, which is very little compared to what I should do. I can give mercy. I won't ask the, uh, the song leader to come forward. I won't ask the musician.